0: Peculiar people. Okay, if you ever known anyone peculiar, <laughs> don't point. <laughs> peculiar. Well, this is kind of a strange name for a series, but you know this is it's very biblical because this is what the apostle Peter calls us. First Peter two nine. He says, "You are a chosen nation." You you are a, a holy people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a peculiar people. Now, when you think about the word peculiar, forget, you know, the peanut gallery for a minute and the late night TV host people and the liberal media folk. And after everyone gets their shot at what peculiar means, those peculiar Christian people, I know all about those. You got to go back to what Peter's referring to. And this is this is the long and short of it of what Peter's saying He says there was a time when you were going this way and you go we're all moving this way and you were you were part of the mainstream. but you were called out You're 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 not going that direction anymore. You're 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 separate from that You're unique. You're you're different in that regard not in a negative sort of way. You're peculiar. You're not part of the mainstream. And And what we're What I'm thinking about with, with this is we had 300 plus folks stand last week saying, I'm, I'm gonna be one of the peculiar people. You know, I'm not part of the live, tired of living my life this way with everybody else, just doing what everyone else is doing, going a different direction now. I'm living for that day and not today. But that can be a bit of a challenge sometimes. And the emotion of it, you stand up and you go, yeah, I'm going, man, it's going to happen. But but uh, it doesn't take you terribly long to find out that it's not that that easy. Uh, there can be things that, that, that come up that, that challenge that substantially. What's going to happen when those things come up? That's what we want to look at this morning. So we're taking the peculiar people thing, kind of hybriding the thing with... Uh, hybr- Putting it together with uh, this idea of 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 as we are peculiar people, how do we persevere? I guess that's what we're after. As a pastor, I've been thinking about that lot this week. Um, pray with me, because God, we we desire to to honor you. You know, in our best moments, we're. Uh, standing, and we're confessing, and we're raising our hand to you, and we're signing the card, and we're saying we want to, but but it's uh, between our, the world and our own flesh in hell, it's just not an easy road sometimes, and we can forget, and we pray, God, I pray that you would remind us this morning, you would open our eyes this morning, you'd, you'd give us through your word what we need to persevere, I pray that, Father, in your son 's name, amen, growing up in an orthodox Jewish home, my my dad uh, would, would normally uh, take myself and my brother Andrew and put us down and read from the Tanakh to us and say, "Sons, you be looking, God will send his messiah one day you' be looking for the Messiah well, as a, as a kid, my, my eyes and my heart grew big, and I was the oh, messiah's coming he 's coming." But as I got older, Messiah never came. And as a young man, I still kind of believed it. It was my heritage and all, but I kind of categorized that into the myth category. And that's why the day when my brother Andrew came to me, and he was all out of breath, and he was, he was oh, Simon, check this out, Simon, I found him. Simon, he's here. He's here. And I'm whoa, 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 Andrew, who's here? Who did you find? He said, the Messiah, the one Dad told us about. He's here, and I found him. Well, he took me to this man named Jesus. And as I saw him from a distance, he just looked like a normal man. No, no, mess- I wasn't sure what a Messiah was supposed to look like, but not, not this. But as I got closer, he looked into my eyes and kind of passed them into my, my soul. And he, he said, you are Simon. Now, time out. I don't know about your culture, but where I come from, your name, what it means is everything. Your name isn't chosen because it sounds good with your last name, or because it's a trendy. It, your, your name, what it means, is everything. So Jesus, when He looked at me and said, "Your name, you are Simon." Simon means wavering, unstable. That's right. That's who I've been in life. And then Jesus said this. He said, "But you shall be called Petrus, rock, strong." <laughs> I thought, really, me, me? I think I like this Messiah person. Well, I I followed him for for, for a while, and you would not believe what I saw. I don't even know where to start. The the, the miracles, and there's no other word to describe them. He was rising people from the dead and and the the, the healings. When he spoke, you know, he spoke as if he was in charge. I mean, he was, was the one in charge. And I knew this is the Messiah. and I wanted to follow him. Oh, let me tell you. But that was yesterday. I come to a conclusion. People who want to follow after Jesus and stand and raise their hand. And it's more than that. Because, because you almost have to be cut out of, of special cloth to be a disciple. And as much as I wanted to be, I wasn't. I mean, I tried. I tried with everything I had, but I just couldn't do it. Just I mean, a couple of examples. I, there was one time we're, we're in, in, the, in the boat, and Jesus comes walking to us across the water. I know it sounds strange just deal with me for a minute on this. And he's walking on the water. He really is. And I see him, and I say, Jesus, if it's you, then call for me to come. And he says, well, come on. So I jump out of the boat, and I start walking. I take five or six steps. And I don't know if you've ever done this before. You make a decision, and you get into it, and you go, oh, man, what kind of a stupid decision have I just made? And I'm there in the middle of the water going, oh, what have I done? And I'm seeing the waves. I'm looking back at the guys in the boat, and I can't make a dive for it. And all of a sudden, I started to become my name, Petros Rock. I started to sink, and I was going down. And last minute, Jesus pulls me up, puts me in the boat with him. And then he rebukes me. Oh, ye of little faith. Well, I didn't want to have little faith, but I guess I did. Jesus, Jesus, uh, talked about his death. Now, at the time, we didn't think he would die. He was the Messiah. You know, nothing could stop him. But I, I remember I got tired of it at one point and I stuck up when I said, said, Jesus, you're not going to die. And then he he looked me in the eyes again, thing, and he said, get behind me, Satan. Now, I don't know what you would call somebody if you really wanted to use the absolute worst thing you could call them, the absolute worst thing you could, but the worst thing Jesus could call anybody is Satan. Talk about opposite God. That's what he called me, Satan well, he keeps going down this road, and he says that that night before he was crucified, he says, "All of you you, you apostles, are going to deny me." All of you. And I said, no, Jesus, you got it wrong. I mean, these guys, oh, bozos, they may deny you, but me. No, you you misunderstand. You miscalculate my ability of devotion for you, my commitment. I stood. I'm there. Not me. These guys, but not me. And then Jesus says this. He says, oh, oh, Simon, you're worse than they are. You, you're going to deny me three times tonight? <laughs> Of course, I didn't believe him. I said, you know, even if I have to die with you, I'm not going to deny you. Thank you, Jesus. So we're in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus is very, very upset. I'm not sure exactly at the time why. I was going to find out later why he was so upset. But we're there and the guards come for him. And I, I... I'm going to stand Even though the others run So I pull out my little sword It's kind of like a butter knife really On steroids And I'm going to take them all on man I'm going after them And Jesus rebukes me In front of everybody I'm just trying to defend him I'm just trying to do what I'm supposed to do and he says, Peter, you're clueless. You, you don't understand what's going on. And no, I didn't understand. Every time, Jesus does stuff all the time that I don't understand. I, I'm, I'm not understanding at all. And so that night, Jesus is arrested. And I'm around the campfire in the, the courtyard, kind of snuck in. And we're at the campfire warming up, and this little girl. Now, you got to understand, it wasn't just a little girl. And it was get labeled for this. But there's guards and stuff around the campfire, too. But this little girl, she says, weren't you with Jesus? And I said, no, 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 not me. You must have me mixed up with somebody else. I don't know what you're talking about. No, not me. And then, a little bit later, another girl says, no, 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 I saw you with Jesus about this time. Jesus is in the building not far from me, and they're beating him. I'm hearing them beat him. I'm going, no, uh, uh, no, 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 not me. I don't know him. I don't know him. And then a man says, no, 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 your voice gives you away. You are a Galilee, and you're with Jesus. And i And I began to say, Jesus, me, no way. I have nothing to do with him. I don't know who he is. I don't care who he is. I wouldn't follow him. My life depended on it. Nothing. I'm done with him forever. And then I looked. They brought Jesus out with taking him from one building to the next. And he's kind of just a few yards from me. And he stopped staring at me. And then I heard the rooster crow. And I remember... I denied him. Well, you know, they crucified him the next day, but you know the story. He rose from the dead. uh, but, but, But you don't understand something. When I denied him, With a vow from heaven That was like a divorce and friendship If nothing else It was done There's no going back Bridges are burned It's over I've denied him I couldn't live for him before When he was around What's to make me think I can live for him now No, I don't have what it takes I wish it did But I just don't Now let me break character for a second Have you ever been there? Where you trust Christ, you you accept Him. But you know what? It's just not working for whatever reason. You can't do it. You wish you could. You you just you just can't. I think that's the mindset we find Peter in in John twenty one. If you got your Bibles, would you turn with me to my favorite? (laughs) It's my favorite portion in all the Bible. John chapter 21, I end up going back to this text often, I need to. And let's just get some, let me set it up for you. The first three verses of John chapter 21. By the way, if you don't have your Bibles, let me encourage you to bring one. I think it's going to be better for you in the long run than just seeing it on the screen, which is cool if that's where you're at. But if you can see it, you can put it together, it it, uh, goes deeper, I think. John chapter 21, verse 1. It says, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. As we read this, kind of do a super sleuth kind of thing, right? Notice the the details. The details are here for a reason. They always are, but check these out. By the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon, Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together, Simon Peter Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now, many commentators believe what's going on here is Peter is, you know, two and a half years earlier, he had left his nets to follow Jesus. Now what he's doing is he's leaving Jesus to go back to his nets. He's thrown in the towel. Again, yeah, maybe you can relate a little bit. Maybe you trusted Christ a long time ago, but Jesus did some things, acted in some ways you didn't expect Him. He wasn't supposed to, and and, and you're confused, and so you walked away. Maybe you 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 stood up and you stood strong and you signed the card and everything, but but your your mouth. It's not reflecting one who's peculiar, it's reflecting one who's mainstream. And you catch yourself saying things, and you're going, "Ah, that's not who I am, that's not who I'm supposed to be. Maybe he's giving you opportunity to share him, or to, to testify for him, but you just chicken out, it's just so hard, it shouldn't be so difficult. Uh, maybe there's a health, thing. who knows what the issue is, but for some reason he hasn 't worked the way you want him to work. maybe you're thinking I should be more sanctified today than I am. I mean, I stood up for him you know years and years and years ago i should i 've been trying to grow i 've been trying to do the right thing, and I just keep failing and you get to the same conclusion that peter had i 've tried, and you know what? This is just for other people it's 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 priest. None, Mother Teresa, Adrian Rogers, Billy Graham stuff. But it's it's not me anyway. Maybe. That's what's going on in, in Peter's mind right here. And, of course, he takes people with him because whenever we fall, we take people with us whether we like that idea or not. But I think the rest, the text here, it gives us... How do you you make it This is really cool When I was at uh, I've been out of Moody For like 34 years My 25th what do you call it, anniversary, 25th graduation deal I went back for. And to see some of the people, it was really cool because, you know, you saw them 25 years ago. We were in the halls of Moody and we were going to light the world on fire and on and on and on. And you get those pictures in your mind, but now you see them and they're like heavier and balder and grayer and their mustaches are grayer and those are just the women. And so you're going, ah, man, what are you <laughs> Something is, and so some of the people we talked about, you know, where we've been since Moody, and it was really, um, it was really great. Uh, to see what some of the folk are doing and where they're at. Some of them weren't there because I had a good friend who wasn't there, uh, planting churches in Venezuela. Uh, another friend not there, leading a major Christian organization in Europe. And so there were some of those reasons why folk weren't there. That was great. But then there were other folk not there because spiritually they had crashed and burned. They had walked away. Something had come into their life. That caused them to walk away. And this is important. This is so important. you got to know that these folk who made it, it's not like something came into these guys' lives and not these guys. No, these guys experienced the same sort of things, some very horrific things. But when they came to the crossroads, they had to make a decision. You need to know if you stand up for Christ, you're following after Christ, there will be times plenty of them, hell will make sure of it, where, where you, you're just asking yourself, is this right? Where well, you got the decision, I guess, to decide if I'm, I'm not with this anymore. I'm done. And if things will come your way, you'll say, forget it. Uh, what does it take to make it, to, to persevere? Not an easy life. That's not, that's not for anybody. That's not going to happen. What you see here is is, is, is it. What it takes to make it. And I think that, that God's going to call us to remember three things. And so if you remember these three things as you go through between now and the time we see them face to face, i will give you staying power. The first one is he wants us to remember our calling past. Our calling past. Let's look at this and break that down a little bit. Verse 4, it says, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered to him, no. He said, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Just do that super sleuth thing. Look at this. They're at the Sea of Tiberias, right? Uh, they fish all, all night. They caught nothing. Meet Jesus in the morning. Jesus tells them where to throw their nets. They throw it. Huge haul of fish. Right? Now, I want you to back up two and a half years. A little more. Two and a half years. Luke chapter 5. Peter had been kind of like part-time following Jesus at this point. He knew of Jesus. He saw him. part-time following Jesus. Um, But Luke chapter 5. So this is, just listen, I don't have this on the screen, so just listen to this. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the Lake of Genesaret. Now you need to know the Lake of Genesaret is the exact same thing as the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee. It's all the same thing. Same place he was in, John 21. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's. He asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I'll let down the nets. And when he had done this, They enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I think what's going on in John 21 is Jesus in his sovereignty arranges the circumstances in that portion of John 21, so it's just like a deja vu thing for, for Peter. Takes Peter back to when he first called them. Sea of Tiberias, Lake of Gennesaret, Sea of Galilee. I would like to think the exact same place because fishermen have their favorite fishing holes, right? So who knows? But same same major location. They fished all night. They caught nothing. See Jesus in the morning. Jesus tells them where to fish. They get this major haul. You see, Luke 5, This is on one level, this is hilarious. These guys are in the boat. Jesus is in the boat, and the fish start coming in. So much so, Jesus is just sitting there smiling, and the boats are starting to sink into the water. They're getting so much fish. And Jesus is saying, you want fish? Just ask me. We'll take care of the the fish. And, And so what Jesus is doing in John 21 is he's bringing Peter back to that situation. And he says, Peter, 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 do you remember when I first called you? Peter, did I call you because you were such a righteous man? You're the one who told me, depart from me, Lord, because I'm a sinful man. Peter, did I argue with you and say, no, 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 Peter, come on, you're not that bad. You know, you struggle here, and there, but you're a pretty good guy. No, I didn't because you were a sinful man. Now, if I didn't call you because you were so righteous, what's to make you think that I keep you because you're righteous? Peter, don't you think that I knew what you were going to do? What you were going to say? How you were going to act? And yet, I called you anyway, Peter. Peter, if your salvation is not dependent on, on, on your, your performance, what's to make you think your perseverance is solely dependent on your performance? He's, he's reminding Peter of way back when, when he was, when he was called. And what he does next is, is, is amazing here. Let me, I don't have this on the text, but in John 21, but just kind of, unless you got your word, start in verse 7. But just listen. That disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for, for work, and he threw himself into the sea. Remember, this John 21, Jesus is on the, the shore. These guys are on the boat. Threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, about a 100 yards. And when they got on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went board and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. You got to ask yourself, why is this breakfast thing in here? I mean, why not coffee, right? Why why, why, anything? Why not just bring them? Come on in, let's talk, guys. Why the breakfast thing? In the Oriental culture, uh, you ate only with people who you loved. You only ate with people who loved you, did, loved you. You did not eat with strangers. You definitely didn't eat, eat with enemy people. You didn't eat, it was a, it was a sign of, of commitment. It was a sign of, of intimacy. This is amazing. Jesus could have said right here, you know, I, I, I called you guys, and I gave you so much, and I taught you guys, and then you run away from me, you deny me. And so you know what, just forget it. Just for, You want to run, you just run, just forget it. But Jesus says, "I will never leave you." Right? So He goes after. He goes after the one out of the he leaves the ninety-nine. He goes after them, and He doesn't come with a two-by-four, right, to hit him upside the head. He comes to him with a sign of intimacy. They got to be thinking, Jesus, you, you need the two-by-four. What is it? Don't you know? We remember we just denied you and ran from you, and Jesus is letting them know our relationship is based on my righteousness and faithfulness not yours and and I, I am committed to you and will never leave you though you may seek to leave me think for a moment where were you when you first came to know christ what was going on maybe it was last week maybe it was uh, 25 50 years ago let me ask you this did he call you because you were so good did he call you because you were such a righteous man, a righteous woman? Isn't it true that probably about that time, life was pretty much a mess. Life was not, not good. Life was struggling. That's the condition he called you. First Corinthians 1. What a, what a cool, uh, a text. First Corinthians 1. It says, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose. Notice that God chose. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Even things that are not to bring to nothing. Things that are so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. But you know the next verse is I think the, the glue to this whole section. And because of him. You are in Christ Jesus. You're not in Christ Jesus because you're so wise, because you figured it out, because other people are clueless and because, you know, they're morally so, but you, you're pretty sharp. You figured it out. That's not, you're in Christ because of Him. And, and it's, He is our wisdom from God. It's His righteousness, His sanctification, His redemption. It's not us. And Peter is being reminded by Jesus as he wants to remind, remind us that, that he wants us to be holy. By the way, he wants us to be sanctified. He calls us to be perfect as his heavenly father is perfect. But he knows our frame. He knows that we're dust. He calls us because of him, not because of us. Listen, we start off. This is like the Book of Galatians all over again. If you think you're saved because of Him, but you got to do it, by work it out because of you, that's not right. We're saved because of His grace, and you know what? We continue because of His grace, all the way through. That's 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 the way it is. If you're haunted by something that's transpired in the past, something that you think has pretty much relegated you to a second-class citizen spiritually, you're you're, you're wrestling with with something that you just it should be more holy today than it's not. You're not cut out of this special discipleship material. You need to know he's called you, and he's with you, and it's him, not you. Consider your calling past. It's it's huge. He goes on because he wants us to consider our calling, our calling present. Beginning in verse 15, but let me point this out. Because you know this, that book Bible was written in, uh, street Greek. And in Greek, street Greek anyway, there are at least four different words for the word love. Now, in English, we got one word for love. It's always translated love, right? You got that. But in, in Greek, there's four words for love. Each one has a little different nuance, a little different twist, whatever. And of course, the, the supreme love, the top of the list one is agape. We've, this is God's love for us. This is pure, Unadulterated, never varying, strong, complete love—agape love, agape love. Now, underneath it, you have a love called phileo. uh, phileo, uh phileo love, uh Philadelphia, Philadelphia uh, brothers, Philadelphia city of brotherly love. Phileo is is a kind love. It's 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 it's, it's good. It's good it's love between maybe friends. It's not a, bad, not, a, not a bad love at all, but it's not agape. Got to keep that in mind. Because verse 15 says, when they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon. Now notice this, this nicely points out Simon. I mean, all the guys ran from him, but Simon did betray him, uh, deny him three times. Simon, do you love me? more than these he uses the word agape more than these maybe he's referring to all the other disciples remember Peter when you said that you know all these others may deny you but I will never remember when you said that do you do you love me more than these guys or maybe he's referring maybe he's pointing to the boats and the fishing saying, saying Simon do you love me more than these things more than your occupation and your wealth and the source of your prestige and importance do you love me more than those things but he uses the word agape. And he said to him, this is Peter replies, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But he doesn't, Peter doesn't use the word agape. Peter uses the word phileo. And other words, Jesus says, you love me with that wholesale love. Remember, remember Peter, you said, all others may deny you, but I will. Remember that major, do you, you love me like that? Peter, Peter says, I really like you a lot, Lord. He's, he, what he's saying basically is no. He, he's saying, I can't say that. I wish I could say that, but but I, I can't. I mean, I denied you. I, I can't say that. I failed. and I just can't say that. I have a feeling that if Peter would have came back and said, Yes, Agape. I think the whole chapter's done. It's like, okay, good. Let's move on. We're done. Peter comes. Now you can see that Jesus might say, Well, (laughs) Peter, well, when you grow (laughs) and you can actually say agape and when you really are with me, then let's talk and I'll see about using you. But Jesus doesn't say that. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, Feed my sheep. So wait, what? I mean, this is not a menial task. You, you just heard me say, Jesus, that I'm, I, I can't say the top one. Jesus says, I know now I can use you. Feed, feed my, ta- feed my sheep now, not in the future when you get your act together, not in the future when you mature out someone. Now feed my sheep. I've got a task for you now, Peter. And in, in verse 16, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He uses the word agape again but doesn't use the more than these this time. Do you love me? Just forget the comparison stuff. Okay, Peter, I got it. Do you agape me? And Peter responds, yes, Lord. You know that I phileo you. I can't, I can't, I wish I could, I can't say that, Lord. This is good. I want you to tend my sheep. I can use you now, Peter. I couldn't really use you before, as long as you were so spiritually superior. You were so stuck on yourself. You were so sure that you were going to make it. And everybody else was, but you were going to. I couldn't use you then, but I can use you now, Peter. And then and then verse 17, this is a cool verse, because it says, He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He uses the word there, philo. That's why it says Peter was grieved, because he said to him the third time, do you phileo me? Is Jesus even calling into question the fellow thing? Is he is he saying, "Yeah, okay, you can't say but but do you have any commitment in your heart for me at all, Peter?" And so Peter responds after he was grieved, he says he says, "You know everything." He's he's, he's appealing to Christ's omniscience. "You know everything." You know that that I I tripped and you know that I sank in the water and you know that I opened my mouth I was acting for Satan, for crying out loud. And you know that I don't understand what you're doing quite often and I'm a failure most of the time. You know these things. You know I'm denying you when I shouldn't have denied you. But you know everything. You know in my heart, I really do love you. I want to love you. And Jesus says to him, feed my sheep. Our calling presence, sometimes you, I mean, you know, when I get my act together and get a little bit more together and get a little bit sharper, see, that's when I'll start serving. No, Jesus has a task for us now. Remember, it's that building on the foundation of the, his kingdom today. We're going to live for today. We're going to live today for that day today. And he's saying, don't delay that. Don't put that off till, till you get it all together and can understand it better. Build now the task he has for us now. Remember, you're calling now present. Remember, you calling past it wasn't because you were so perfect <laughs> present, not because you can say agape. You're so perfect today. And then remember you're calling future. In verse 18, Truly, truly I say to you, Jesus is talking to Peter here. He says, When you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. What in the world does that verse mean, right? Cool thing with John is he tells us the very next one. That this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. He would stretch out his his arms. Another would lead him where he doesn't want to go. Eusebius, ancient church father, tells us in book 3, chapter 1, that Simon Peter was crucified upside down. It wasn't a little girl who came to him with a knife. It was, it was Roman guards. And what Jesus is saying, don't miss what he's saying. He's saying, when you were young, Peter... When you're immature, when you're spiritually immature, you know what? You're going to trip and fall. You just, you just, I got it. You you will. And you're going to get tangled up sometimes with your own. But when you are old, when you are mature, you know what's going to happen, Peter? When you walk with me for quite some time, when, when you trip and fall, but you get yourself back up, when when you when you mess up, but you don't throw in the towel, you seek forgiveness and you seek me and you keep chasing after me, even though you don't understand and even though you think you're a failure, you know what's going to happen one day, Peter, you're going to come to a test, the ultimate test. And you're going to pass. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to be matured. It's, it's a promise that he makes for Peter. It's a promise that he makes for us. That, that if we keep going, if we follow him, that's, that's the requirement. If we follow him, we keep going. We trip and we fall and we trip and we fall. But we get up and we keep going and we ask forgiveness. And we ask forgiveness and we do multiple times. We repent in time. He says, I'm going to make you who you know you're supposed to be, who you want to be, and it's going to amaze you. And then when we see him face to face at the Bema, we'll be made, we'll be glorified, right? We will be made complete. Our, our salvation will be full. So here's, as so I was thinking this this week, even with this, we stood and we made our commitment even last week. Which is wonderful. And maybe for you, you may have made that commitment 50 years ago, and then 40 years ago, then there was that retreat, and on and on. Let me encourage you with this, because none of us know how long we're going to be here, that you you make that commitment every single day. Sometime in the morning, you get out of bed, one of the first things you do, maybe you got to wake up, take a shower first, I don't know. But one of the first things you do is you're on your knees by your bed. You can't be doing this on your way out the door. It, it will become rote and it won't mean anything. But you're on your knees before him and you say, Lord, I want to give back to you this day that you've given to me. You may call me home before, before I, 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 I get back here. But you've given me things. I want to use them for you. Would you remind me that today with the temptations that come or the grief that comes or the misunderstanding that comes, would you help me to trust in you and to seek you? I want to live this day for you. You make that commitment every single day. You know what? You're remembering your calling past. You're remembering your calling present. This is what I'm supposed to be about. And as you, you keep in mind that he's going to take that to grow you, you're remembering your calling future and will persevere. We'll persevere. We'll make it. We'll make it. Would you pray with me?